Al Jazeera Podcasts. A crowd waving Palestinian flags erupts into cheers. A sight seen at massive protests around the world, now in the stands of a football stadium. Sunday was the first football match Palestine played in the AFC Asian Cup, going on now in Qatar. They played Iran, one of the highest-ranked Asian teams and currently number 21 in the world. But for the Palestinian national team, even playing is rare. And for them, this moment is much bigger than football. What the Palestinian football team is able to do in this moment on a global stage that is allowing them to raise awareness, this is an opportunity to keep Palestine in the hearts and minds of millions of supporters all over the world. Palestine plays its next match today, Thursday, against the United Arab Emirates. But for now, let's focus on their first match. We'll head to the pitch for a look at the unprecedented challenges and achievements that the Palestinian national team faces. I'm Kevin Hurton, in for Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Okay, so we're on the escalator, about to emerge. Um, it's, it's packed in the metro. People in Palestine jerseys and kabayas and Khalid's here. The sense of anticipation, he's really tense. I'm just uh, excited that, you know, Palestine gets to play and we get to witness it. That's Khalid Sultan, one of the producers on The Take. We both live here in Doha. And we met up at the Metro, destination, the Education City State. So who is that guy? So the Metro guy uh, became a big sensation during the World Cup. He keeps saying, Metro, this way. And suddenly he would draw in crowds. People would just gather and just start shouting, Metro, this way. Everyone straight, go, 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 straight, this way, that way, that way, that way. All right, now we're being, we're outside and we're kind of just riding the stream of people. Um, there's a lot of staff, good with like arrows pointing and people blowing horns and the music in the distance. And a lot of people dancing. I mean, this is a, just a really positive atmosphere. The DJ's playing um, Palestinian music and Demi Palestini, My Blood is Palestinian. That's the song he's playing. Really? Very, very popular song by the Arab Idol winner, Mohammed Asaf, who's from Palestine. He became a, a big star. Um, so yeah, we saw Depka earlier. We're seeing, the, you know, the, the DJ play Demi Palestini, and we're seeing a lot of Palestinian supporters. Oh, so that's great. that gives us a picture. But before we get to the match, we talked to somebody to fill in that picture. My name is Abdullah Laryan. I'm a professor of Middle East history, and I'm currently in Doha, Qatar. We started with the national team. It wasn't easy for them to get here. Palestinians have had a really difficult time over the years even being able to leave the West Bank or leave Gaza in order to even just uh, compete in tournaments in the region or even around the world. 
We know that there are tremendous restrictions on movement of Palestinians. And so when we actually consider what, what that means for football in particular, the inability of the team to get together for training sessions, but even the inability to maintain a consistent league that has consistent play in the lead up to international tournaments like the Asian Cup. This is something that was completely halted when all of the leagues in Palestine were suspended as a result of Israel's attack on Gaza. And of course, it's continued incursions throughout the West Bank throughout the last hundred days. There's obviously tremendous interest in the team at the Asian Cup, despite there not necessarily being as much uh, of an expectation that the Palestinian national team would get considerably far in the tournament, but certainly given the impact of the ongoing genocide of Palestinians in Gaza, that there's a voice that's been provided to the entire team. So that's the backdrop this match is starting in. And it's on the minds of the fans. On our way into the stadium, we spoke to Kamal, a Palestinian supporter. Why are you here? We're here, of course, to cheer our uh, country, Palestine. It's an opportunity for us to show our support to Palestine and to show the people of Gaza that we are behind them and that we support them. You know, we're continuously on Al Jazeera just watching the news and the ongoing uh, uh, situation in Gaza. It's an opportunity for us to take a break, but at the same time, uh, we keep thinking of the people in Gaza. You know, it's a time for us to support the people who are coming from Palestine. You know, it's going to feel great when we all sing the national anthem and once they score the goal, it's going to feel great, you know. We got to our seats and the place was packed. And after the national anthems from Iran and Palestine, there was a moment of silence for those killed in Gaza. Including family members of the players. Mahmoud Wadi, the striker, has family from Gaza. My cousin are killed today, right before I heard it. It's uh, it's difficult to to say how I feel now and how uh, we are feeling. But uh, now we are focused to this cup because we need this cup to to do something for our families and our people in, uh, in Palestine to make them happy during this war. This was the day before the match. Football is a part of life in Palestine. Today, as Abdullah explains, it's a part of the war. Even the very football pitches where Uh, Palestinians have trained and played and attempted to organize their leagues are currently being used as detention sites where we're seeing video footage of some of the most horrific abuses that are being inflicted on them by the occupying Israeli forces within Gaza. Um, We've also seen football fields being turned into mass graves to bury the tens of thousands who've been killed by the Israeli forces. It should be noted as well the fact that there has already been a number of killings of Palestinian athletes. Up to 67 football players have been killed. And it was difficult even for the team to decide to play. As many of the team members have already pointed out, you know, competing at a time when there's so much tremendous suffering being witnessed and experienced by the Palestinian population. There were questions about whether it would be appropriate for the team to compete. And of course, in the end, the decision was made that 
um, this would be an opportunity to shed light on um, the ongoing atrocities, particularly in light of the fact that so much of the international community essentially ignored the plight of Palestinians. With that, the match begins. They just announced the attendance. Yeah, and it was uh, 27,691. Pretty good turnout. I mean, you, it feels packed. This is, this is a packed house today. The Iranian supporters are out in force, I will say. Um, they're more organized than the Palestinian supporters. I think there's much more Palestinian supporters here. But the Iranians are like, they're here like with like, drums and everything. And the Iranian team is out in force, too. Only two minutes into the game, Iran scores a goal, and the crowd goes wild. And then another. Oh, it's a superb ball! What a lovely goal! And near the end of the first half, another. What calmness, what crispness, what execution, what football. Welcome, Iran. Now it's almost the end of the first half, during extra time. The score is 3-0 for Iran, and Palestinian supporters are understandably deflated. Yet that includes our producer, Khalid. Then it happens. Palestine can engineer something from this free kick. It will change the dynamic of the match. They've done just that. They've done just that. Samir Sayam. I mean, we didn't expect this. Palestine just scored. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And in the last... The end of halftime. Oh my God. I mean, this is what we needed. It's changed everything. Oh my God, we're back in the game. We're back in the game, so really. The rest of the match and what it means for Palestine after the break. On the next Necessary Tomorrows, an asteroid with enough minerals to completely transition Earth to green energy is discovered. But we found it. A bountiful supply of nickel and cobalt that will save our planet many times over. But should the materials go to everyone or just those with the power to get them first? If anyone can take those minerals, we'll only be rewarding greed. The guiding principle in all exploration is first come, first served. A Feast for Cobalt on Necessary Tomorrows. A new podcast by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. We're at halftime. The score is 3-1. to one. And as Abdullah explains, Palestinians are following, even in Gaza. You know, news does get around and people have found ways to maintain at least some kind of ability to follow what the team is doing. And I think having that kind of connection, we've heard this time and again from many Palestinians in Gaza, that being able to watch the world's responses and reactions to the extent that they can remains important. But in the stadium, the vibe wasn't exactly opposition. There was a lot of solidarity in the air. We love Palestinian people. <laughs> they need to have some happiness. This is Yusuf, a young Iran supporter. What did you think when you saw that your first match was going to be against Palestine? I was like, I felt bad for them because like we're a strong team. I wanted them to win or like get at least like two goals or three goals. So like they could have fun, but like it's worst case scenario for them. They had to play against us. 
be honest, you were kind of happy that Palestine scored a goal. Yeah, yeah, I was supporting. I was jumping. I was going crazy when they scored. I'm so happy for them. And I'm so happy that they scored a goal and they managed to do it. So everyone's here supporting Palestine. Even, even us that we support Iran, we were supporting Palestine when they scored. Now, Palestine has to finish the match. Welcome back to Education City Stadium. And during the second half, the Palestinian team was stepping up the pressure. The match was getting tense. All right, we got a corner kick. The crowd goes crazy when there's a corner kick for Palestine. Oh, it's in the box. The electricity in this stadium is really something. It seems bigger than football, doesn't it? A lot of the supporters that are here for Palestine are not necessarily Palestinian. There's people from, from all over. Well, I'm from Ireland, yeah. so we have a similar historical struggle. And I wanted to show my support as well. I'm a teacher, so when I see the stuff that's happening, I think of the kids in my class. Um, and I want the team to know that we're there for them. We, we want to show our support in all the ways we can, big or small. I'm from the UK. I keep saying that and um, I'm not proud to be a British citizen right now because of the way the British government are supporting the genocide. This but was Sabah, me, one of the stadium's volunteers who we spotted wearing a kafea, the Palestinian scarf. I mean, with what's happening in Gaza at the moment, we really empathise with the cause and we're standing up for justice here. And by attending this match, I'll be showing solidarity towards the Palestinian people. It finishes at the Education City Stadium in Al-Rayan. In the end, Iran scored another goal in the second half and beat Palestine 4-1. to But by looking at the fans outside of the stadium, you would think the results were the other way around. Palestinians were dancing and hugging and waving their flags with pride. You know, win or lose, we're still going to be proud to be Palestinian. I mean, you, you wouldn't expect this is a group of people that just lost 4-1, you know? They just lost a football match 4-1. And, you know, they're celebrating, dancing, as happy as could be. Football, by its very nature, by its very definition, is a gathering place, is a place where tens of thousands of people automatically are gathered together in celebration of the game, but also, in this case, I think, in commemoration of that suffering and in a way to to kind of shine a light on it uh, increasingly so. I think we've seen that very much as a site of mobilization, as a place where um, fans from all over the region, particularly in this case, of course, across the entire Asian continent, are using the opportunity of this tournament um, to continue to, to raise the Palestinian flag and to raise the issues regarding the continued suffering and onslaught that Palestinians are being subjected to in this time. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Khalid Sultan, Chloe K. Lee, and me, Kevin Hurton, in for Malika Bilal. With Miranda Lynn, Nagin Oliay, Amy Walters, Ashish Malhotra, Sari Al-Khalili, Zainab Badr, David Enders, and Faranisa Kampana. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexander Locke is The Take's executive producer. Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs>